Welcome to the Zen for Real Life podcast. This is Daishin in the city cave in Glasgow, Scotland. If you would like to contact me, my email address is Daishin, that's D-A-I-S-H-I-N at fastmail.jp and my website is angrytattooedmonk.org. So I'm going to start this with a reading of an untitled poem by Robert Frost. But God's own descent into flesh was meant as a demonstration that the supreme merit lay in risking spirit in substantiation. Spirit enters flesh for all its worth, charges into earth in birth after birth, ever fresh and fresh. We may take the view that its daring due, thought of in the large, is one mighty charge on our human part of the soul's ethereal into the material. I want to talk a bit about what it means to be life-centered rather than self-centered. For me, this is about community and the individual along with the interplay between the two. The general definition of community is a group of people living in the same place or a group having a particular characteristic in common. Oftentimes, though, when people use the word community, what they actually mean is network. For a network provides links and contacts, an address book for people with skill sets. Network members are quickly added or removed for myriad reasons, sometimes at the whim of infighting or because their positions are no longer favorable. The role of a network is not to care, support, and fight for its members, for those actions belong to community. A community, especially one of a religious contemplative practice, is a group of people, sentient beings, that take care and look out for one another, hold its members accountable for their behaviors and stated positions. A healthy community is a self-checking system whose members all contribute and are responsible for whether the community thrives or shrivels. In Zen Buddhism, we have the four great vows. Sentient beings are numberless. I vow to save them. Delusions are inexhaustible. I vow to end them. The dharmas are boundless. I vow to master them. The Buddha way is unsurpassable. I vow to attain it. For the moment, I would like to focus on the first vow. Sentient beings are numberless. I vow to save them. This vow sits at the crux of community and individual. With contemplative practice, we often forget that we as individuals are one of the sentient beings that need saving. If we do not take the time to help ourselves by learning about ourselves, how can we expect to help others? I believe a contemplative practice is the hardest work anyone can do. Investing the time to truly understand ourselves begins with acknowledging that both constructive and destructive characteristics exist. The phrase letting go is frequently used amongst Dharma practitioners. It is found in texts and heard in discussions, and despite its frequent reference, the meaning of letting go is commonly misunderstood. 
The Dharma teaches the importance of letting go of ego, of preferences, of emotions, of neuroses, of addictions, of compulsions, of desires, of what we think the Dharma is. We cause harm and perpetuate our own suffering with the misguided belief that letting go means our egoic attachments vanish and we then become beacons of peace and tranquility. It is true that letting go of our attachments is important, but letting go does not mean getting rid of things. Letting go does not mean that our attachments and character traits disappear. Letting go is about acceptance, about realizing that those aspects of our personality that we think are broken will not disappear. Our neuroses, desires, preferences, it is those attributes that give us individuality. They are part of each of us and are neither good nor bad. And when we let go, it simply means that we are no longer controlled by attachments and beliefs, that life is no longer ego-driven, but actually lived. Truly letting go is like looking at yourself in a mirror. You see your reflection and you know you are not your reflection. When we understand ourselves and know our triggers and tendencies, we are in control and not our emotional flashes of the moment. This work of letting go is an individual strength that bleeds into community. An intertonguing is created, for by understanding ourselves, we can better understand those around us. Community and individual, individual and community, with time and work, they are one and the same. So I will end this with a poem by Philip Larkin titled The Mower. The mower stalled twice. Kneeling, I found a hedgehog jammed up against the blades, killed. It had been in the long grass. I had seen it before and even fed it once. Now I had mauled its unobtrusive world unmendably. Burial was no help. Next morning, I got up and it did not. The first day after a death, the new absence is always the same. We should be careful of each other. We should be kind while there's still time.